This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. We had quite the interesting show last night. Uh, Ray Great is six to eight seconds behind. You mean Twitch? Uh, when I was on with Echoplex the other night, I had, you know, the live feed from Echoplex, and then I had, in order to see the chat, I had to have a stream up. I noticed that Twitch is about five seconds behind, like, the actual... Me, me saying this, you're hearing it about five seconds later. I don't know what YouTube's deal is. Uh, it's YouTube... It's probably not as streamlined. Facebook, I got no clue about. Happy freaking Tuesday. What's up, Merkin? Fantastic show for you here tonight. Temperatures are shattering records and melting streetcar cables. Oh my God, that call. Oh, can you guys tell me? I had a conversation with my buddy Chip after the show last night. What was that guy trying to say with the story about my wife and him being my neighbor and my baby and dog and my truck and he set it on fire and then he was the one that set the fire? Yeah, what was what was all that? Can you guys tell me? Because I had a conversation with Chip after the show. He caught the ass end of that. He thinks... He was trying to emasculate me. He kept talking about, you know, fucking my wife. I thought it was some kind of parable about God or some shit. You think that's what it was? I was on a completely another plane with that. I thought it was... He was trying to make some profound statement about God and alien dialectics or some shit. That's what I thought, that he had some repression going on. And there was a lot of things that he was accusing me of that he would actually like to do. People like that, I feel like they would be a lot happier if they took a dick in the ass. Or if they stuck their dick in an ass. Either or, some people go both ways. Mike Pompeo does not go both ways. He thinks for sure that COVID came from a lab. We're going to hear from him here in a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Like, Apparently, I have a cute ass. I've been told that a lot recently, and I'm like, really? I was so insecure about my hairy ass, I neared it when I was in high school. I have a whole comedy bit about it. Cantaloupe. I had I had a fantastic conversation about cantaloupe the other day, about how it is the uh, best melon that you can buy. Hands down. But you've got to get it, like, just the right time. Like, if they're not ripe enough, they're a really sucky melon. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be watching a clip of Meghan McCain getting all pissed off about the... I mean, and that's the thing all the right-wingers are pissed off about. We've got Kate's unsafe space here posting about Gwen Berry. They're all triggered by it. I, wh- huh? 
<laughs> they would love my hair in jail. I mean, I've been to jail. I, I don't remember anybody complimenting me on my hair. I've done a night or two. Have, have you even lived if you haven't done a night or two in jail? Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Obama. He's going to pipe up as if anybody even gives a shit what he has to say. But we're going to hear from him here in a little bit. And by the end of the show, we will make sure a kitty gets some num-nums. That's my promise to you. By the end of the show, the kitty gets some num-nums. But I guess starting off tonight, the stories that I, I got cut off from talking about last night because we got into an hour-long phone call that I, I'm still trying to process... A study shows that Moderna Pfizer vaccines may ward off COVID for years and not months. So this is encouraging news because it was one of the things that I brought up last night that as we're going to be moving forward, it seems like we're going to be living with COVID for the rest of our lives, for the for the rest of eternity. It's just going to be something we're going to have to be inoculated against every... I thought it was going to be every season, maybe even every six months, but apparently studies are showing otherwise. That... That pole dancing bear was amazing. I wish I owned the rights to that. A new study on the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines shows they not only protect people from COVID-19, but perhaps for longer than first thought. According to the study by Washington School of Medicine in St. Louis, the Washington School of Medicine doing in St. Louis, these two mRNA vaccines could provide protection for years not just months as first thought. The study published in the journal in the journal Nature shows the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines produce high levels of neutralizing antibodies and B cells that support the immune system. Instead of peaking after a few weeks, researchers found a strong A immune, I don't know if that's a typo or if that's something I'm fucking up, found a strong A-immune response nearly four months later, evidence that the vaccines train the body to fight off infection for the long term. So, strong immune response nearly four months later. Possibly, possibly autoimmune. Johnson & Johnson vaccine was not included in the study, Now, the big variable here is the mutations of the virus, the variants that can be more transmissible and cause more severe symptoms. Before we move on to talking about them, let's talk about what kind of symptoms you may have, what kind of signs you may have to show that you actually had COVID while vaccinated. With most Americans vaccinated, the number of new COVID-19 cases and deaths are falling across the country. But in rare cases, some are still testing positive for COVID-19, even though they are vaccinated. Which means if they were tested, it means there's a lot more people that have it and have been vaccinated that didn't go for testing. The number is an undercount, and that's scary. So, which symptoms should you monitor to see if you have COVID-19 even with the vaccine? According to researchers, sneezing. Holy fuck! I wish I didn't read that. I sneeze 10, 15 times a fucking hour. 
already. I don't know what it, I might be allergic to fucking cats. I don't know. Happens like Bree Greed has seen me go on my sneezing fits. And I mean, they're loud and it's 10, 15 in a row. So this is going to scare the shit out of me now that I've read that. Researchers with the Zoe COVID symptom study have tried COVID-19 symptoms from those with and without the vaccine and found that sneezing more than usual can be a sign of COVID-19. I I wonder if it's pollen because it happens all the time. It's year-round. It's not like a certain time of year. I don't know. Maybe it's just dust that causes it. I don't know. The Zoe COVID symptom study app was created by doctors and scientists at Massachusetts General Hospital. By the way, each state has an app that you can download that uh, it feeds your data back to the system. I highly encourage everybody to get that app. I almost deleted mine off my phone the other day. But now all these stories about the Delta variant have me going, nope, 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 nope. We need to still be reporting our shit. Our data shows that people who have been vaccinated and then tested positive for COVID-19 were more likely to report sneezing as a symptom compared to those without a jab. But they added it is important to remember that the link between sneezing and COVID-19 isn't very strong So you should stay alert to the 20 symptoms of the disease, whether or not you are vaccinated. Researchers say that sneezing is not typical, is not a typical, is not typically a symptom of COVID-19 and is more likely a sign of cold, flu, or allergy. Now, getting down to what's happening with the Delta variant. COVID Wise is the Virginia app. I can't even E Exposure or something is the name of the one in Alabama. Oh, and somebody asked on YouTube. Australian officials are tightening coronavirus restrictions. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said like jokingly like, "Oh, and I'm from Alabama." Like I live in Alabama. I'm not from Alabama. <laughs> I've been here quite some time though. Like, I've, I've lived in this apartment longer than I've lived in any other apartment in my life. Guy Safe. Actually, I think Guy Safe is the name of, of mine. I think I'm fucked up with that e-exposure thing. I think that's something else. I think Guy Safe is the name of it. Are you just a guide? I, fuck, I don't even know. I don't have my phone here. I can't look it up. You know, I, yes, I don't like needles and I don't like pain. I should go get tested and find out exactly what causes the sneezing. Because I, I do it a lot. And my neighbors probably hate me at 2 o'clock in the morning when I sneeze 15 times really loud and it echoes all What's up, Tones? All right. We are going to talk about Australia and what's going on there with Sydney and their snap lockdowns. As new cases emerge around the country, Queensland and Western Australia are among the latest regions to impose stronger rules. A stay-at-home order is now in effect in the greater Sydney area through July 9th. And separate, shorter restrictions have been imposed in parts of the Northern Territory. For the latest now, CNN producer joins us. Angus Watson is live. Now, it is winter there, so I assume that has uh, uh, 
it, ha it plays a factor in it. Live in Sydney. Yeah, help us understand what the perspective is on this uh, in terms of how significant these new lockdowns are and how people are reacting to them. But they, Australia has also done a really good job of quarantining, uh, trace testing, all that good shit. Homes unless it's absolutely necessary. Masks are compulsory to be worn indoors. Most uh, non-essential businesses have been closed. People are only really allowed out to either get a vaccine, get tested for coronavirus, seek medical help, or get a bit of exercise if you're not otherwise buying food or something that you need. So down here at Bondi Beach, we have seen people meeting one another to get so that. The cops aren't going to harass you if you're just like jogging down the road. Seriously, Paula, people here in Australia don't want community transmission. They know that in order to get those numbers of COVID-19 down to a point where there isn't community transmission, they need to go into these lockdowns. So yeah, New Zealand done a great job. They might have been the best country 8, people at fighting it. Getting tested on Sunday, returning just 18 tests here in the state of New South Wales at mass testing sites like the one behind me. So people taking this seriously in order to try to get a lid on this new outbreak. What do you mean whose side is he on? Had just Our side. 30 cases around the country now in the last couple of weeks, Paula. Yeah, it's not like a lot of cases to us, but for Australia, you know, it's significant. We see the testing going on behind you, and we all know, right, Australia has done an excellent job of testing and tracing. But given this delta... I know this is completely off topic, but as I understand it, Bobby the Brain did not know what Hulk Hogan was walking out there for. He did not know that Hogan was the third man. Like, I don't think he actually gave it away. He could have been drunk as well. He was just doing what he would do as a fucking Hill commentator. But besides the point, back to COVID. Variant now. I mean, is there a push to finally get vaccines out? And how... That's a, the, Australia is not uh, vaccinated that, at a high rate. It's something like 4%, 5%. Perceived slow vaccine rollout. Australia has now been vaccinating people since February, but under 5% of the population have been fully vaccinated. About a third or just under a third of people here in Australia. Wow, I just pulled that number out from my ass. And I was close. Australia have had one dose. That was right. The government hasn't yet been able to roll out those vaccines to some of the most vulnerable people in society. And that's why Australia has to have these lockdowns, because not enough of the population are vaccinated. And politicians aren't yet ready to say how many people would need to be vaccinated for these lockdowns. A hell of a lot more. Now, the problem... I don't think you're going to get to it by, what was it, July 7th? issue as well. Australia has bet big on the AstraZeneca vaccine, but as per medical health, determined by that very rare chance of getting a blood clot associated with the AstraZeneca vaccine, now here in Australia, only people over the age of 60 are eligible to get one. People between the ages of 40 and 60 need to get Minimum. It's somewhere over 70. That's the debate. The, like, the herd immunity, like, they think... And I guess it varies by disease, but like they think in like 73, 76%, which is just out of our reach given the number of dumb fuck MAGA supporters. And, and I, I am certain we probably could have gotten over that, that percentage had Trump come forward and gotten the vaccine in public. What a fucking dick.
What what a piece of shit he is. Not just for that. That's just like the cherry on top of all the ways he's a piece of shit. People are nervous about getting the AstraZeneca vaccine. Not politicized mask wearing. Oh my god, that's that's a like that's a separate issue. If he had not politicized mask wearing, we probably wouldn't would have had like, you know, a hundred thousand maybe die, tops. If we'd had fantastic contract tracing, we could have kept it under a hundred thousand. We might have been able to just fucking cut it off. How many goddamn outbreaks were we able to avoid while Obama was president? Go back and look it up. It's actually wild that they were able to contain some of the outbreaks that happened. He played he played to the anti-vaxxers, absolutely. But the motherfucker got the vaccine. Apparently he got it in January. Now I would have I would have assumed he would have been like the first person to get the fucking vaccine other than the people in the trials. But apparently he got it in January and I wonder if that has something to do with, you know, the recovery process that you're not supposed to get it like after you've had COVID. So the government here has a huge task on its hands to try to ramp up the vaccination rollout so that these... Well, they also need help from other countries in securing the production capacity. Is that the Ayatollah? You're looking at video from Iran's state... Getting vaccinated, that's cool. See, he went and got vaccinated on fucking Iran's leader. The Shah. Which one? I forget what they call their fucking leader. The one that's over the president. One of of them's the, like, American name. The Americanized name. The other one is the actual name that they use. Ayatollah? He's Ayatollah. Yeah? Say it here. Oh, this isn't the same story. God damn it. It auto-played another video. I wanted to know. Let's move on over to Israel. The Delta COVID variant outbreak infects some fully vaccinated adults. Now, the number is actually some is kind of an understatement. Israel began relaxing its COVID-19 restrictions after a widely successful vaccine rollout, but some fully vaccinated adults have caught the virus, raising concerns that the Delta variant is spreading through the country. This is according to NBC News, Raf Sanchez in Tel Aviv to explain how, oh, we're like reading the video copy here. Let's, we'll go ahead and listen to them. Now, I don't know if this is before or after uh, they met yesterday. The Israeli government decided not to extend emergency protocols or not to reinstate emergency protocols. Is it still Ayatollah Khomeini? I thought that was the guy from the 80s. It's still the same dude? Holy shit. But now cases there are rising again, fueled by the Delta variant, and officials are reimposing some restrictions. NBC News global correspondent Raf Sanchez joins us now from Tel Aviv. Raf, good morning. So how significant are these numbers that we're seeing of these breakthrough cases, these fully vaccinated people contracting COVID-19? Savannah, good morning. So Israel is seeing about 200 total COVID cases every day. And of those, a few dozen are these so-called breakthrough cases. 
And Tones, can I just say I appreciate you always spelling things out phonetically for me. You rock. Someone who is fully vaccinated and then tests positive for the virus. Now that sounds really scary, right? Oh, I said it wrong. It has two doses of Pfizer, which is what they used in their world-beating vaccine here in Israel. I told Kamenei. Tests positive. I was saying it like fucking a redneck. Pfizer vaccine is 90% effective at stopping infection. And 90% is a great number, but it's not 100%. And so we have known the whole time that about 10% of the time, someone who is fully vaccinated, who comes into contact with an infected person, will get infected themselves. And these numbers are... Oh, oh, I'm confusing two different people. Okay. Experts in Israel worried about how effective vaccines are specifically against the Delta variant. I mean, you bring up the very good point about what we know about the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine, but what about in terms of matching it up against this variant? So right now, very good question. Question is no. The vaccines appear to be holding up against the Delta variant. As we just said, it's not surprising that some people are getting infected. But the thing doctors here are really focused on is people who are vaccinated are not getting seriously ill across all of Israel. That's fantastic. It shows that the vaccines are absolutely effective. And it's, that is such a cool thing about mRNA vaccines going forward. Like we're, we could have vaccines for all different kinds of shit. Like, it is really exciting. On the flip side of that, all these people with the vaccine getting it. Now, I, I keep bringing up this concern, but I, I don't know if it's rooted in science, that the, that the virus could become vaccine-resistant. I just assume. I wish somebody would tell me something uh, that would allay that fear. Somebody that knows more about it than I do. That is what really matters. We're at a testing center here just outside Tel Aviv. I spoke to Dr. Yale Reichenberg earlier. Take a listen to what she had to say about this. That's what I was. That's how we get super gonorrhea. That's how we get all these like, uh, but I don't know. I don't know exactly that a, a vaccine works the same as like antibiotics and shit. That we're getting all these, these antibiotic resistant strains of bacterias and stuff. Oh God, I'm I'm so sorry if your your dad hasn't been vaccinated. That's what I'm thinking. Like they will eventually, just because I know how evolution works, they will eventually mutate to be resistant to it. That's my and that's why, like, God damn, like can we please get it under control? Can we put capitalism on pause for a little while? Fucking why did we have to have the Olympics? We're gonna have like Delta Plus 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 XXX coming out of that motherfucker. And then we aren't going to have a fall because of it. Or a winter. We're going to have to all stay indoors. Oh. I, 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 I don't know. I don't, it's like, I'm afraid this is here to stay. We're never going to get it under control. It's something we're just going to have to deal with. Just another, just a, just another way to die, as Disturbed said. The illness is either asymptomatic or very, very, very mild. So that is very. Wow. So we see. You would think seeing it up close like that would make people get the vaccine. About uh, 80, 85 percent. Which country's COVID will win the Olympics? 
Yep. 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 That's that's the games we're getting ready to watch in what? Two weeks? Three weeks? I don't even know when it is. It's coming up on us though. Covered, and we're we're monitoring the situation on a daily daily basis. So Savannah, as you heard from the doctor, here in Israel, they are calm, but they're not complacent. They are watching these numbers. They are keeping an eye on things as they develop, and they will change course if things get out of hand, Savannah. Absolutely, Rob. Some really- I mean, yeah, that's the silver, uh, the silver lining to this, at least from our perspective, is that the people most likely to get it, removing themselves from the voter rolls isn't necessarily a bad thing. of Darwinism, if you will, but it's just like there are so many people that are going to needlessly die because of their carelessness. And especially like, you know, we can say, ha, 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 well, we've got our vaccines and everything, but there are, there are immunocompromised people that can't get vaccines that we have to worry about. So, it's, oh, God. Now, this is the interesting story that I really wanted to talk about last night, so let's get into it. Scientists say deleted gene sequences show coronavirus in humans before Wuhan market. A new study claims to have discovered early sequences of the coronavirus that had been reportedly removed from an international database tracking the virus. Now, I wonder if Pompeo is going to bring this up when we hear from him in a little bit. And that these early sequences show COVID-19 originated in humans before it was discovered at Wuhan's uh, Hunan Seafood Market. i just say the quiet part out <laughs> I don't have a filter. I'm going to, I'm always going to say the quiet part. The scientists then uploaded the viral sequences from these samples to a widely used U.S. database with the National Institutes of Health. A few months later, the genetic sequencing information from these samples was removed. Bloom says he recovered the deleted files from the Google Cloud and reconstructed partial sequences of 13 early epidemic viruses. His study of these sequences claims to show there were already mutations in the virus by the time it was found at the seafood market, indicating there were human cases prior. Bloom does not suggest an answer to where COVID-19 came from. He says, I hope scientifically we can get beyond just arguing about that. These sequences are informative for understanding early SARS-CoV-2 spread in Wuhan. They're not transformative, but they fill in some really important gaps. The claims and Bloom's timeline of events have sparked conspiracy theories in the scientific community. Some critics say Bloom's discovery is not new and that the Chinese scientists later published the full viral information in a different form and that the recovered sequences do not add to the volume of information known about COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. So that's the caveat to this. This dude could just be looking for fame, looking to make a name. Apparently there's some information out there contradicting the fact that this is new. What scientists do agree on is that Bloom's research adds to the growing calls for a more thorough investigation into the origins. Fair enough. What they... uh, 
What they do not agree on, I'm sure, is that people like dumbass Mike Pompeo, who's wanting to run for president in 2024 and is going to get annihilated no matter who's in the field, going to be out here just spouting off complete bullshit like this. From the origins of COVID to an intelligence report showing the greatest security threat to the U.S., he has uh, uh, uh. We'll talk to, or we'll hear from Mike Pompeo here in a second. Caller, you're on the Troll Patrol. What's going on? Caller. Oh, I'm sorry. I had you muted. I'm sorry. Caller, what's going on? Caller, what's going on? You're on the Troll Patrol. I can't make out the song, so I don't know if it's some kind of joke or anything. I If you're trying to troll me, I would I would suggest like doing something funny. I'll applaud you. Um, yeah, everybody's like, lame, that wasn't fun. I will applaud you if you do something fucking hilarious. Now, if you really want to embarrass me, get on here and know what you're talking about and prove me wrong about something. That's the, that's the way to do it. All right, so Mike Pompeo has some crazy ideas about COVID. From the origins of COVID to an intelligence report showing the greatest security threat to the U.S., he has an inside look at what the previous administration was up against and what the current administration can expect as changes to foreign policy are made. Former Secretary of State and former CIA Director Mike Pompeo joins us for the first time right here on the National Desk. Good morning to you and welcome. Good morning. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. First, I want to start with the uh, origins of COVID. As early as May of last year, you said the virus that now has killed millions around the world leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And while I, uh, while at the State Department... Now, I don't remember this, but like, I doubt Pompeo said it while he was at the State Department, but a lot of the people that were making the claim about it being a lab leak at that time were saying that it was a bioweapon engineered by China. You were in charge of that task force investigating the origins of COVID. Uh, Secretary, what evidence do investigators have that points to the lab? What specifically? Well, thanks for that question, because this is a really important question. Most important. Thanks for setting me up to hit you with my propaganda. This is an ongoing crisis that is being covered up by the Chinese Communist Party. Look, we can't be certain that it came from the laboratory, that only the Chinese can tell us if that's where it came from. But every every stick of evidence that we've seen to date suggests this is where it came from. There is genetic evidence that this was manipulated through gain-of-function research. There's evidence that doctors became sick in the uh, late fall of 2019 with symptoms that look exactly like... Very good question. ...the Wuhan virus symptoms. We've seen evidence that they were working on this kind of viral... Why wouldn't they use it on the Uyghur Muslims if it was a bioweapon? Activity. Oh, wouldn't that be the first population every, that we saw it in? Very good question. This didn't come from a bat. It didn't come from a pangolin. It leaked from this laboratory. We know the safety procedures were inadequate at this point. It facility. came from Randy Marsh fucking right. a pangolin. We know this. This is the most likely conclusion. I think many people are now coming to that same uh, that same conclusion. 
I hope that the Chinese Communist Party will come out and prove to us where this came from. It really matters an awful lot to make sure we don't have another. I mean, on the one hand, it like it's weird that he's you know Chinese Communist Party. On the other hand, that's actually their fucking name. That's the name of the party that runs the country. But like he's saying it very purposely. Like it's it's very red scarish. Million people and tens of billions of dollars destroyed by the Chinese Communist Party. What kind of military? He did it again. They're conducting bio-research there that was connected to the Chinese uh, People's Liberation Army. You know, in China, everything is military connected. And they were doing military work at the site. We don't know if that was connected. In China, everything is military connected. Mike Pompeo of the United States. Of the the United States. I even have a nice little chart because somebody said some dumb shit the other day. I got a nice little chart here to go with this. Mike Pompeo of the United States <laughs> says everything is military with China. I want you to look. This is the this red line is China's military spending since 1991. Just barely over what two hundred billion dollars. This is U.S. <laughs> Spending on military since 1991. You see, it keeps going up. Yeah, let's not even talk about Mitch's connections to China. I, I go over that all the fucking time. I just... Everything in China is military, this guy says. How many fucking bases do we have all? It's like 120 countries we have bases in? Fuck this dude. Connected to the work they were doing on these viruses, it's not clear. And that's, and that's another thing that gets me riled up because there are things about China that we desperately need to be scared of. Uh, issues of free speech. Like, like, Hong Kong is going to be a part of China whether they like it or not. And they really like democracy in Hong Kong. And, and there are issues in China that really need to be talked about. This motherfucker is, is just saber-rattling and putting out propaganda and obscuring the, the, the actual shit that we need to be discussing. And that's what's so wild that he calls them the Communist Party because China is kicking our ass at capitalism. Again, we, we know who... So what, it's like him saying the Chinese Communist Party is the actual name of the fucking party that runs the country. They're not really communist. The answers to these questions, and they continue to... Uh, they, right, they have that We have a doctor who would love to tell this story, but he's dead under very suspicious circumstances. Everything suggests that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't want us to know where this came from. That, that tells me... It's like saying Barack Hussein Obama. It's the same rhetorical tricks that they're always going for. Chinese won't answer these questions. It seems logical for us to assume this is where it came It sounds scarier that way. You quietly met with Yang Jiechi, the head of the foreign affairs to China's Communist Party. First, I want to understand, how did that meeting... Trans- she did it! And what were your takeaways? You know, the, the Chinese in these meetings are often very formal. They, uh, they have their talking points. This was the case for this meeting as well. Uh, he talked about Taiwan. He talked about all things he did. He's describing the U.S. They're very formal. They have their talking points. 
Are you saying it's like political fucking theater? Exactly like we do in the... Jesus! You want to have any conversation about the things that were on my mind. The fact that they're committing genocide in Western China. The fact that they've taken this place, this very special place, Hong Kong, and turned it into just another, uh, another communist city. And the fact that they had responsibility to the world. Right. When the virus- Just another communist city. Department officials working there, and there were more than three dozen Americans living in Wuhan. They closed that place down, and then they allowed people from Wuhan that they knew were sick to travel around the world, including to Milan, Italy, where the first big outbreak took place. This is reckless. This is dangerous. This is the kind of thing that the Chinese Communist Party must be held accountable for. And when I spoke with Wang Zhishe, you were- these were the points that I made. You were in the government with the worst fucking response to COVID up until, you know, India and Brazil. What? The response I got was wholly inadequate. Well, he had a very fiery call with the current Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, as we know, in regards to this, uh, the, the lab leak theory here. Yang said it was slander to say the virus leaked from a Chinese lab. Blinken also pushed for more transparency, as you have done the past few months. Honestly. Lawmakers, though, have said at this point it would be impossible to determine the origin since China has blocked any outside scientists from entering the lab or talking to their Chinese counterparts. So what would you recommend? Remember, remember it was the administration he was a part of that pulled out our scientists. Pulled out our CDC from China. So there are half a dozen things we could do to make clear that we were going to tie. Yep, yep, Trump. This reckless activity that resulted in the death of millions of people around the world. Let's begin with this. Anybody who touched that place who refuses to talk, we should sanction and punish. Second, uh, we, we Says should... the dude from the administration that ignored subpoenas from Congress. ...operate a lab where you're conducting very dangerous virus research. We're certainly not going to send American athletes to your Olympics. The, the list of things goes on. There, we got out of the World Health Organization, right? The WHO Wait, was complicit. Are, in is he saying we're pulling out of the Olympics? Back in that organization. That's a massive gift to the CCP. It suggests somehow that the cover of the World Health Organization will continue to be provided to the Chinese. We should get out. Everyone should get out. And we should kick the Chinese out of the World Health Organization. They haven't lived up to their legal international commitments to the international regulations. The list of the costs that we can impose on the CCP is but- long. They covered up a virus, they spread it around the world, and the devastation was great. The Olympics are in Japan, weren't they? Did I get that wrong? I've been talking about the, the Olympics the last couple of days, right? For what they did to the world. Secretary in Japan! Because you mentioned Taiwan in your conversation with uh, the Yang, because he also... Oh! Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Cool. When it comes to the U.S., and that explains a lot. That has to deal with Taiwan to handle- and then the Winter Olympics are next year because we skipped it because the Summer Olympics were supposed to be last year. So it's back to back. Makes sense. Okay, cool. And given that Yang has already warned Blinken about Taiwan, what does this mean, big picture, not just for Asia, uh, not just for the U.S., but for the world? It means we need to have even more resolve and provide even more support to the Taiwanese. We have a commitment to provide them defensive weapon systems. We should continue to do that. Our administration provided them F-16s and all kinds of help. So far, this administration actually has done good work. They've continued to conduct uh, cross-strait or through... Oh, my God. It, we, it is going to be like back to fucking back, isn't it? Because it's the winter. It's going to be like, what, January, February, some shit? Jesus. Oh, my God. And the IOC... 
I mean, hopefully if the Summer Olympics are a disaster and it becomes a super spreader event and we have like three different variants grow out of it, surely the IOC will cancel the Winter Olympics, which would be ten times worse because it's worse in cold weather. I don't, China was really good about restrictions and tamping down on the virus, so I wonder... Jeez, like, wow, wow, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, I did not know about the Winter Olympics being in China. I didn't even think about them being just a few months away. Fuck. We should make very clear to the Chinese Communist Party, to Yang Zhishui and to Xi Jinping himself, that if they take action against... To Winnie the Pooh himself. ...imposed on them. And, And if we are clear, if we're stern, if we're direct, we say these are the things that will happen... I'm convinced that we can deter this. We did, we did it for four years. I heard these same bluster from the Chinese. If we are resolved and we help the Taiwanese people do what they can do, we can keep the Yep, 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 yep. Pompeo is indeed an idiot. You are correct. I'm going to I'm gonna hit it for you. Right-wingers are morons. And he has no business around the presidential debate stage, though I have a feeling he's going to be there when 2024 rolls around. I just don't think he's going to make it very far. So this is a story that you guys, you know me, you know I didn't want to do it. I don't want to talk about this, but I feel like it's important, so we actually need to discuss it. Pandemic pets being returned to shelters at alarming rates. According to an Oklahoma animal rescue owner. Oh God, I don't know if I can watch the video. Let's read the let's read the copy. I don't I can't watch cute little puppies. The pandemic has created plenty of problems for people and now pets. Apparently what seemed like a good idea is not the case for many as dogs and cats are being returned to shelters as life gets back to normal. Now that like this is something shelters are used to after holidays and shit. I I think what happened is people adopted dogs because they were home and then their animals got used to them being home. Once their owners went back to work, things changed. And Oh, I didn't even think about that. Their owners go back to work and then behavior problems start. Oh, wow. That's again, guys, that's the whole reason I love puppies. People, people think I'm not a dog person. Like, no, that's, that's not the reason I can. I can leave cats at home and go work on a movie set for three or four days and come back and, you know, their litter boxes are going to be filled up. But, like, they can take care of themselves. They're cool. Puppies need constant attention. They are very needy animals. I mean, my cats are needy, but, like, puppies are incredibly needy. They need to be walked multiple times a day. They need to... And that's also another thing, like... I have a cool area to have a puppy and everything, but I still, like, if it can't just go out in the backyard and run around, I think that's that's kind of a shame. Unless I had a, unless I had a little pup, you know. So, people are racing to return them at alarming rates, uh, the owner of the rescue said. The Oklahoma City Animal Shelter, for the very first time that I recall, has put out a plea to the Oklahoma City population to stop bringing animals to the shelter. People are dumping pets as well, and she said that this isn't the way to go either. 
No, don't ever dump your pets. Please, there are plenty of people out there that will take animals. I, I don't think anybody in my chat would ever dump a pet, but God. No, there are plenty of animal lovers that will take a take fucking animals. Right away. That's how I got Maynard. I just saw him on social media. He needed a home. His name is Maynard. He's in my house now. Yes, yes. Yes, cat, cat, if you are gone for too long and a cat don't like it, they're going to shit somewhere. They're going to knock over a plant. They'll let you know. Cats are indeed vindictive. But, like, yeah, puppies suffer, like, anxiety and shit, and they they express it in some, some really weird ways, like chewing on door frames and just pissing all over the house. I, I wonder how many firehouses have seen an influx in babies. Now, I would hope the pregnancy rate actually dropped during the pandemic, but God, it probably didn't, did it? Everybody was home. That's something I hadn't thought about. So yeah, oh man. Um, look at, look at, oh my God, look at that face. How could anybody take that to a shelter? Anybody. I don't, I don't care what they look like. Give me a 20 year old puppy that's all beat up and, and, and lived a hard life. I will love that motherfucker. I will look into that eye. I'll let him slobber all over me. Oh, I'm sure with all the abortion restrictions that abortions have gone up. That's, that is an undeniable fact. The numbers bore that out. All right, another uh, consequence of the pandemic is evictions. Thankfully, the Supreme Court actually sided on the right side this time. The Supreme Court on Tuesday left intact a nationwide pause on evictions put in place amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now, these people need relief. They don't just need a pause on evictions. The 5-4 to four vote, oh, of course it was that close, rejected an emergency request from a group of landlords asking the court to effectively end the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's eviction moratorium, which is set to run through July. And it's just another month. Oh, my God. The landlord group had asked the justices to lift the stay on a ruling by a federal judge in Washington that the moratorium amounted to an unlawful government overreach. But Chief Justice John Roberts, who amazingly enough has been a pretty good justice, but I also wonder how much of it is posturing as to not seem like an uber-conservative compared to all the rest of the justices. Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh... Join with the court's three liberals to keep the stay in place. Kavanaugh has had some weird rulings that I, I haven't expected. Because the CDC plans to end the moratorium in only a few weeks on July 31st, and because those few weeks will allow for additional and more orderly distribution of the congressionally appropriated rental assistance fund, I vote at this time to deny the application to vacate the district court's stay in of its order. Kavanaugh also said he agreed with the federal judge's determination that the CDC had exceeded its authority. We had to get that little poke in. 
I thought it was odd that he ruled like that. Now, apparently, we have a fight coming up in uh, the Supreme Court. It's going to be interesting. He's coming to us from NPR, a Supreme Court fight over census data privacy and redistricting is likely coming. A three-judge court has rejected Alabama's request to force the U.S. Census Bureau to move up the release of 2020 census redistricting data. Federal judges have also allowed the Bureau to continue plans for a new way of keeping people's census information confidential. The ruling is expected to be appealed directly to the U.S. Supreme Court, setting up the next major legal battle at the High Court involving last year's national headcount and adding another layer of uncertainty to when the redrawing of voting districts around the country using 2020 census data can begin. The timing had already been beset by the coronavirus pandemic and the Trump administration's interference with last year's census schedule, which led the Census Bureau to delay releasing the detailed demographic data to check the accuracy of it. So the lower court's ruling issued today by U.S. District Judge Austin Hoffaker Jr., Judge Emily Marks and Judge Kevin Newsom of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals allows the Bureau, at least for now, to stick with its plan to release 2020 census redistricting data by August 16th. Census delays have forced state and local redistricting officials around the country to scramble to adjust their own schedules in preparation for the upcoming elections this year and next. Some states, including California and New Jersey, began preparing last year by getting a court order or a ballot referendum to extend their deadlines in response to the Bureau's April 2020 announcement that census data would be released later than originally planned. Alabama joined Ohio in asking the federal court to force redistricting data to be released earlier. Ohio's separate lawsuit is now on hold after the Biden administration agreed to deliver the data to the state by August 16th and provide periodic status updates. Ooh, that was a mouthful. I'm interested in the redistricting process, though. As I've stated many times on this show, I want to see us move to using an electronic program which would take all bias out of the process, and we can have fair districts instead of these gerrymandered partisan districts. Republicans wouldn't do that, though. Republicans would never sign on to that. So I feel like it's something the Democrats need to do while they have the power to do it. But you know... We're divided, right? We're a divided nation. At least that's what Obama has to say. I don't get to talk about Obama a lot. Such a... Such a weird part of my adult life, the Obama administration was. Yet, I rarely ever mention him. So consequential to the time period we're in right now. Hear from Obama, who was on some kind of... Zoom call here with love for Nancy Pelosi is is, is well documented. Uh, it, it hasn't. Well, gag me. 
gag me, Barack. I think that's the problem, is you guys are all in on it together with the class interests and shit. Change uh, when I... Uh, when I get stressed and nervous about what's happening in Washington, knowing that Nancy is there, uh, soothes me just a little. Eric Holder's just chopped liver up there in the right-hand corner. Extraordinary uh, commitment to you know, the values that have made this country great and uh, her tirelessness. I, I, I do not know where she gets her energy from. But she is. Uh, I thought we were going to get Obama's opinion on the current political landscape. Instead, he's sucking Nancy Pelosi's dick. She's loving it, by the way. Look at that face. Instantly uh, on the case. And uh, Eric, uh, uh, to you and your team, to Kelly and Amanda and everybody who's been involved in this, uh, I couldn't be more proud of what NDRC has been able to accomplish uh, over these last several years. Uh, when you and I first had this conversation uh, and, and I indicated... Uh, to you that uh, uh, I, I, I thought I had a, a, a good she job for you, uh, so that you're not just out there uh, relaxing. Um, I, you know, it, it was a heavy lift, and uh, you have more than met uh, the the challenge. And uh, as you indicated, uh, we've had significant victories because of. The- I should have watched this beforehand. If I'd known it was going to be the circle jerk, I wouldn't have played it. Many of the people who are on this call. Uh, It's running people off. Um, Both of you outlined, I think, the the moment we're in. Maybe I can pull back a little bit. And and, uh, Obama is not good for ratings, apparently. Many of the grassroots activists that we spoke to uh, in the run-up to uh, what I believe will be the first vote on the For the People Act in the Senate. Uh, And and that was just to provide a little bit of historical context. Uh, We are in a extraordinarily divided period right now. Uh, oh, no shit. Exaggerate. There have been more divided periods in American history politically. Obviously, one of those periods resulted in a civil war. Uh, wow. Wow. That was useless. <laughs> you know, you could have brought us together, Obama. If, if... You had come in. Let me t- let me tell you, dude. Because there were people in your administration telling you to do this. If you had solved the financial crisis by giving money to everybody and letting them pay their bills instead of bailing out the banks, your 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 second election would have dwarfed the landslide that you won in the first election. And we wouldn't be in this situation right now. We would have never had Trump. But no. You had to come in. You acted like you were a populist. You talked like you were a leftist. And then you governed like you were a Republican. Meanwhile, the entire administration, the Republicans went further and further and further to the fucking right. Now we're in the we're in the shit now where we've got fucking Mitch McConnell blocking popular legislation. Saying he's gonna blow up this bipartisan deal that they'd already agreed to because oh Biden lied or some shit. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on Monday demanded that Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi de link a bipartisan infrastructure bill 
from a sweeping Democratic-only bill. McConnell's statement is the first he's made since President Biden walked back his pledge that he wouldn't sign the bipartisan deal if it was the only thing that came to his desk, saying over the weekend that the veto threat wasn't his intent. But McConnell, in his statement, argued that without a similar delinking of the two parts of the Democratic infrastructure plan by congressional leadership, that Biden's remarks would be a hollow gesture and in the latest sign that the bipartisan deal isn't yet back on firm footing. Of course! Of course the Republicans were always, always going to play this game. It's Lucy with the football. Everybody's seen that fucking meme. Now the House did something productive today. Voted to repeal a pair of decades old authorizations. The yeas are 366. The nays are 46. Two-thirds being an affirmative, the rules are suspended, the bills are passed. The resolutions are agreed to, and without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. Without objection, the title of H.R. 150 is amended. Boom. As part of a package of seven bills considered to be uncontroversial, the House voted 366 to 46 to repeal the 1991 authorization for the use of military force that greenlit the Gulf War, as well as the 1957 resolution that provided broad authorization for military action in the Middle East to protect against... Now that's fucking something. Broad authorization to protect against armed aggression from any country controlled by international communism. Of course, the no votes came entirely from Republicans. The vote comes just under two weeks after the House voted to repeal the 2002 AUMF that authorized the Iraq War. It also comes days after President Biden ordered fresh airstrikes in Iraq and Syria against Iranian-backed militias that have reignited war powers debates among lawmakers. Yes. Pretty shitty that Biden comes in just dropping bombs willy-nilly. And what else is shitty? My truck might not be on fire, but the fucking Pacific Northwest, western part of Canada sure as shit is. Portland, Oregon soared to 116 degrees. That is hotter than Ever a hotter ever temperature than recorded in Dallas, than ever recorded in Miami, than ever recorded in Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon. Yes, it has been. And that's Greta Thunberg said, like records are usually broke by tenths of a degrees one time. Not consecutive days and shattered, shattered. Shattered. God, I hope there's cooling centers being set up. And it's like that's something like they're not used to having cooling centers up there. Like they don't have the infrastructure for this shit. Most extreme heat waves ever recorded in the Northwest. And it is. 
At 4 p.m. Monday, Portland reached a record-breaking 116. Five hours later, after the sun went down, it was still 90. In Oregon and Washington, more than 1,100 people have been treated for heat-related illness. It's like 81 here in Alabama, where we grew cotton. Illnesses since the start of the heat wave. Across the region, rolling blackouts. And while temperatures are finally set to dip, the damage could be long lasting. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. People that are incarcerated, and you know those those state prisons, the jails, and everything. No, they don't have any air conditioning. And we already have reports of, of workers dying in the fields. Holy shit, I didn't even... Oh, man. Our already inhumane prisons are death boxes in this kind of heat. Northwest salmon might not survive the warm rivers, and crops are damaged. It sounds like this level of intense heat, we could lose, like, all the berries. Climate experts worry these extremes may become a pattern. Global warming is essentially... Well, yeah that make what would have been a pretty big heat wave into a truly exceptional record-setting heat wave. And now it's the East Coast turn. Ten states are under heat advisories and emergencies have been declared in Boston and Philadelphia. I'm planning on going in the house and staying under the air conditioner. (laughs) During the Yankees game last night, the punishing humidity took a toll on the Angels pitcher. Heat exhaustion, the team said, forced him out of the game. Stephanie Gosk, NBC News, New York. There is only one question to put to Al Roker. Al, when can we expect some relief, my friend? Lester, on both coasts, the jet stream is way up to the north, and that's allowing this unprecedented hot air uh, impacting 61 million people. In the northwest, it's cooler by the coast, but you can see inland temperatures still flirting with 100 or higher. And as we get into the northeast, it's one more day of hot weather, then a cold front comes slamming in, and that brings the temperatures down. But it's also bringing severe weather tomorrow afternoon and evening for 22 million people in the northeast and New England. Can't... Wow. Jesus. This this is the new normal, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I'm stunned. This... That's... They're talking about hell, tornadoes, damaging winds in the Northeast in June. I guess July by this time. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. No. Yeah. June. Almost July. Tornadoes, damaging winds, and hail. Fuck. Fuck. Had to bite. I... And now this is having a drastic impact on our electrical grids. Yeah, yeah, the Rona already took out the old folks. We don't have to worry about them. Continuing our coverage now late today, we learned more than 13,000 PGE customers lost power yesterday. K2's Genevieve Rayom is live in South. Are we already towards the end of the alphabet for storms? Because, like, we're not even in the season, are we? Like it's the fall when it's it's hurricanes and shit are really bad. 
Jesus. Yeah, there there are, I'm sure that climate change played a factor in coronavirus being worse. Absolutely. And that doesn't even that doesn't even get into the shit like we have diseases that are buried in fucking ice that we haven't seen in thousands of years that are going to get out as the permafrost unfreezes. Holy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it was fun watching uh who was it? Was it uh, Mark Meadows got confronted about uh like or no it was Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy because they were confronting him about like his vote against it. That they voted against funding the police that the Democrats wanted to do. It was fun watching that, but then, on the other hand, fuck, why are we giving more money to those fascist assholes? We've got way too much shit to deal with right now. Like, improving our power grids! West Portland. Outages continue today, at least a few thousand losing... Ooh, yeah, I, I, as somebody who loves meat... Who fucking loves meat and isn't giving it up. Ain't no chance it's it's happening. Believe me, I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm totally down. I understand. We as a, as a species at least need to cut our meat consumption by like fucking 80%, 85% at least. And factory farming is unsustainable. But also, like, steak is yummy. Electricity today, Genevieve? Yeah, Steve, we should know the final tally tomorrow. But last week, I talked with PGE, and the company told me that it was prepared for the expected heat wave, saying it wasn't anticipating any equipment issues. Of course, we now know that thousands of customers have lost power over... Wait, they were prepared, and they weren't expecting issues, but yet thousands of customers are out of power. really were prepared. We lost power for approximately five to six hours before it was restored which caused homes to get up to excessive over 90 degrees. Stephen Beck says he didn't sleep last night. Without power, it was just too hot wow. for his home. Then today, his power went out again. He says PGE was not- And there's a problem with deletifying our pipes because we don't know where the fuck they are. 20 every day, and Palm Springs in Southern California, they don't seem to lose power. Their businesses, their homes all keep air conditioned, but up here, PGs seems to be the only company that's running on ancient old equipment and ancient old lines. PGE maintains it was prepared, saying the company brought in extra staff and activated certain cooling measures to keep crucial equipment from overheating. Utility systems. But it did. How do you say that you were prepared when it was happening? Megan Decker chairs the Oregon Public Utility Commission, which works closely with power companies, including PGE. Overall, she says the companies are performing well. So do you think that the utility companies were as prepared as they could be for this event? The utilities were as prepared as they could be for this event in terms of uh, staffing, equipment uh, preparation. uh, In terms of everything except providing the service to the people. Now, PGE tells me it has more than 150 
field personnel working today, which is obviously not an easy job. It hurts. It's just it's struggle. It is a struggle just <laughs> in this Hi. matter of minutes. Now, I brought up Steve Beck's equipment concerns to PGE, the company telling me once it cools down, it will be able to assess how the heat impacted their equipment. For now, we're live here in Southwest Portland. Genevieve Rayom, K2 News. All right. Assess how the heat impacted your equipment. It failed. It failed. You don't have to wait for it to cool down. I can give you the assessment right now, PGE. It failed. You know what also failed? The streetcars in Portland. This is wild. Portland has reported record high temperature. We know this. We know this. And this is one of the cables for these streetcars. Completely melted. Many businesses and schools have been forced to close due to concerns over the high temperatures. Public pools that would normally serve as cooling off areas have also shut down. That seems odd. Some cities have opened more indoor spaces, such as libraries, in order to provide places to cool off. Good. Extreme temperatures such as these are generally unheard of in the Pacific Northwest. That picture is just insane. I believe they've shut down all streetcar. Max system is designed to operate in conditions up to 110 degrees, which I'm sure when they put it in, like, well, it's never going to get up to 110 degrees here. Perfect. Good. Holy shit. And it's going to get hotter tomorrow. I'm pretty sure this is from today. No, it's from a couple days ago. I'm sorry. Oh, maybe not hotter tomorrow. Exactly. How much are we willing to spend and how much are we willing to sacrifice? It's a cost-benefit analysis to how much money we can keep in our po- in our pockets. Because that's what capitalism is. Oh, God. That's not good. Paving over floodplains. Okay, good. Glad you're cooling down. My friend in Oregon is still, like, scorching. He's over on the white supremacist side. Charles Booker to make big announcement on Thursday, further hinting at U.S. Senate run. Now, when I inform you guys who he would be running against, it will make you incredibly happy. Because the next Senate seat up for election in Kentucky is Rand Paul. Kentucky State Rep Charles Booker. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was reading the caption there. Former Kentucky State Representative Charles Booker plans to make a big announcement on Thursday and all signs point point to it being another run for the US Senate. April Booker formed an exploratory committee to look at the possibility of a second Senate run. He previously ran for the U.S. Senate in 2020 on a progressive platform, touting the Green New Deal, Medicare for All, but ended up losing to former Marine uh, fighter pilot Amy McGrath by three points. 
Booker is absolutely fantastic. If he were to run, Booker would be going for the Senate seat currently held by Senator Rand Paul. They called us a long shot. Said the movement in Kentucky was impossible. But man, we proved them wrong. As we made our stand together, I could not have imagined the new He came so close to taking down the establishment. Racial tension, the pandemic, and insurrection. While Kentuckians lost their livelihoods and homes, a handful of privileged politicians chose to continue criminalizing poverty. While our loved ones were brutalized, they chose <laughs> nothing. But the movement chose to blossom. In the span of just a couple years, we've seen how quickly a new reality can unfold. How our choices can make a difference. When the power went out, we weathered the storm together. When the pandemic hit, we were there for our neighbors. When our sister's door was kicked in, we marched. Those choices. I'm still pissed off over that. Forever. Those folks building walls between Where's us. Where's the DOJ? They saw how close we came to shifting the scales. Our forward motion, knocking them on their heels. And they'll stop at nothing to drag us backwards. They'll lie. They'll cheat. Just to keep us from the polls. Mm-hmm. So our next move is one we must make together. It's a choice. A choice to adopt a Green New Deal for Kentucky. And ensure a healthy planet for generations to come. A choice to guarantee quality health care for every man, woman, and child. A choice to ensure every person in Kentucky has more money in their pocket. A choice to move mountains and build a society where we all go to bed nourished. Where we can all rest easy without worrying about our front door being busted down. So this was his ad that he released back in April about his exploratory committee. I am very interested to see him go up against Rand Paul. I think that would be a fantastic matchup. To really show the difference between a progressive and what the what the right really is. I wanted Rand Paul Bernie Sanders in 2016. That was the matchup I wanted. Let's truly duke it out when like the purest form of the two sides, supposedly. We didn't get that, though, at the clown show. This is also going to be a clown show. In Georgia, Herschel Walker is running for the Senate. Endorsed by President Trump. Calls him a patriot. On which Senate seat it will be... uh, Fuck, it'll be Warnock's seat. No, 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 no. It'll be uh, Ossoff's seat. Former football star Herschel Walker will run for the U.S. Senate seat in Georgia next year, at least according to one high-ranking Republican. Paul is supposedly more of a libertarian. Yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. It was more of a distilled version of like left and right to have Bernie Sanders and Rand Paul in 2016. Would have been a much better matchup because there was actual differences between them. Oh, God. Serbia's claim on Kosovo? I... 
Foreign Affairs is not my cup of tea. I know enough to have um, conversations with people, but I, I'm I'm not wading into that issue. So, Mister Mister Trump once was Mister Walker's boss. He owned the USFL New Jersey Generals and signed the star back as one of the league's marquee players. This wasn't an informative piece at all. Oh, it would be. It would be uh, Senator Raphael Warnock's seat. I was wrong on that. My apologies. I was right the first time when I said Warnock. For some reason, Leffler was appointed. And that, and I thought that was the actual election for the seat. Why would Warnock be up? This is confusing to me. I thought Leffler was appointed by Trump, and that was the actual election for the seat, and Warnock beat her. My political alignment is that right-wingers are morons. And speaking of morons, let's hear from Megan McCain. She's got a lot to say about Gwen Berry. I think in regards to the athlete protesting, I've spent the last year... Greetings! ...hearing every argument possible and understanding why athletes... If you are Serbian, I wish you uh, independence, self-determination. I don't know what the circumstances are to wade into the issue, though. Self-determination is always the position I am on the side of. Athletes protest in the United States of America, like Colin Kaepernick. The problem I have is this woman is doing this internationally. And if anyone just saw Vladimir Putin's recent uh, speech when he met with President Biden, he's using the propaganda that America is an irredeemable crap. Oh, God, yeah, fucking Putin's propaganda was amazing. Like, wow, his speech blew me away, at least the part that we watched here on the show. And why does Meghan McCain look like she's been out all night partying? She just came into the studio and slicked her hair back. Apple against us, saying you think your country's so great over there? Look at BLM. Look at everything that's happening in your country. You don't even treat your people correctly. At the same time where he's literally in prison. I mean, he was right there. We're having our enemies and propagandic dictators using our own propaganda against us, which in turn turns into a real... Well, why do you, why do you just stop imprisoning people and, and cracking down on protesters and shit? What? national security risk. My other problem with this is I don't understand why we all can't have shared experiences in this space or how so, listen listen to what she's saying. It is a national security risk for an athlete to go up use their free speech to rightfully call out the US injustices. Because Meghan McCain thinks other countries can use our injustices against us in rhetoric. stories because for some reason my relationship with the flag isn't allowed anymore my love of of the american flag my love of the national anthem and i know that it's very triggering for people and people get very upset when i talk about my dad for whatever reason which is why i've really stopped doing it on the show unless it's really meaningful to me but when i was growing up every year on christmas ma'am your dad is the only fucking reason you are on that show 
Let's be perfectly clear about it. Gwen Berry earned her spot. Do you get that? You're only there because of your last name. That one of you is an entitled brat running their mouths to a national audience. The other one is a hero. He would tell me a story about when he was in prison being tortured and his cellmate, a man named Mike Christian, had sewn the American flag using scraps of material he found in prison into his prison garden. Every morning, they would say this, the Pledge of Allegiance to what was sewn into his prison garb. One day, the Vietnamese captors found that and beat the living crap out of Mike Christian to the point that his eyes and his body was so... Ma'am, the Pledge of Allegiance is a stupid fucking slogan. Now, I oftentimes say in shorthand that it was invented by a flag company to sell flags. That's not exactly true. It was a contest. It was an essay contest. So, like, the flag company didn't even come up with it on their own. They solicited other people to do the work for them and then used it as a marketing campaign to sell flags. It's the, it's the most American thing ever. People think it's, it's, like, innate in our being that the Pledge of Allegiance was written by fucking Jefferson right after the, the, the Declaration of Independence. It wasn't! And we adopted it as nationalistic propaganda throughout the world wars and the fucking Cold War. Ah! So badly injured that he could barely move. And the second that he was able to move again... And, it's, and, and that link, let's link it back to the Cold War. One of the reasons why your dad was in captivity because he believed in the stupid bullshit of the stupid fucking flag and decided to go put his life on the line for fucking robber. On behalf of Goodyear. Ma'am. First thing Mike Christian started doing, he started re-sewing the American flag into his prison garb so his cellmates could say the Pledge of Allegiance and remember what they were doing and what they were fighting for in prison for America. So excuse me if I don't think some of these athletes are representing America in the same way. And for some of us, I... So excuse me if I don't give a shit about your faux nationalism. I will die for this. I will die on this hill. It is not a... I wish you would. I wish you would. Megan McCain. Do it. Don't just fucking talk about it. Do it on national fucking TV. It'll be the best ratings the views ever fucking seen. ABC will fucking parade fucking right-wingers on to do it every fucking day. Exactly. He was bored and needed to pass the time. That was the whole reason he did it you it's not about you it's about all of us she said me how many times in that speech <laughs> wow oh god damn do you think we're stupid you think we're fools All right, I promised by the end of the show, the cat would get some num-num, so.
This is the Kiffness. K-I-F-F-N-E-S-S on YouTube. If it wasn't for logical fallacies, the Republicans wouldn't have anything to say. Oh shit, we got the death again now! Motherfucker went Chuck Mangione on us. Alright, that's gonna do it for me tonight. If you are on Twitch, I'm gonna send you over to Ricky the Great's channel. Ricky the Great One's channel. Go ahead, light one up tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live!